I do want to thank each and every one of you that's joined this afternoon. And I thank God that we that uh, we had a beautiful day today. Today was a Palm Sunday. And I pray that you all did get an opportunity to go to church and, and worship uh, with our, our fellow our fellow fellow people. Um, and enjoy and know of, hopefully your pastor preached about the purpose of Palm Sunday. And this is our lesson today is going to be a deeper depth of Palm Sunday. Uh, it's, it's all encompassed. And when we're in the spirit of God, you will be able to understand what this lesson is all about. Um, so let's let's start praying and then we're going to go ahead and, and start teaching. Well, Father God, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your peace. We thank you for your love, Father. We thank you for each and every one that has joined in this afternoon, Father God, from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast, from the North to the South. We thank you, Father, for each and every one that's want to come in fellowship and, and study your word to better equip us as we go through our daily chores in our daily journeys. Father God, each and every one that's here, each and every one that's on the way to join us, Father, we just uh pray 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 blessings on every household, Father God, because we know that you are in charge. Thank you for the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit that's leading and guiding us in our daily, daily walk. And Father, we love you and give you all honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our lesson today, you all our lesson today, thank you. Our lesson today is the bridegroom coming. That's what it's all about. The bridegroom coming. Uh, and it's really focused on, on uh, Matthew 25, 5 through 13. And I'm going to run through that. And then the next portion of it, uh, it's, I'm going to different versions of about the bridegroom that's coming. So we're going to get started. And then, of course, I'm going to ask you all to read some. So if you want to, if you don't have the lesson printed out, turn to Matthew 25, uh, verse 5 through 13. That's what we're going to talk about that. But just to pre, uh, give you some pre-guidance on this. In the Gospel of John, John the Baptist, we know who he is, right? Cousin of Jesus. Uh, John the Baptist speaks of Jesus Christ as the bridegroom. And mentions the bride. He that hath the bride is the bride is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Thus my joy therefore is fulfilled. He's talking about this is what John's version of talking about Jesus. Now just well, this is just a prelude to give you some idea as to wh why that word bri bridegroom. Many of us have heard, it, heard of the word but I just want to make sure you understand the, who the bridegroom is. Now, now see, of course he's Jesus. Now the book of Revelations repeatedly mentions the appearance of the bride. And I John saw the city, the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bridegroom, adorned for her husband. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which have seven vials full of uh, seven, full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, "Come hither." As I read this, can you all just imagine, imagine, see if you can imagine what the words are saying, because the words are, words are very clear. And I'll start back over. And I, John, 
saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. This was a vision John had saw. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And there came unto me one of the seven angels which had uh, the seven vials full of seven last plagues and talked with me saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. Who's the lamb, you all? Mm. Are you all able to hear me? I'm sorry, what? Jesus, Jesus is the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb. Thank you. Who was that? His son John. Who? His son in law. Oh, I could, I could barely understand your voice. I could barely understand you. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I said, said come hither. Okay. It says, come hither. I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit of, of great and high mountains. He showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. That's Revelation 21, you all, on 9 and 10. Now in the above passage, John, the author of the book of Revelation, speaks of seeing the bride revealed and refers to her uh as the New Jerusalem first mentioned, you know, this is the New Jerusalem. Now look at uh, Revelation three and twelve. We're trying to what we're trying to do right now is identify who uh, the bridegroom is. Now Revelation three and twelve says, "And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let him that he heareth say, Come. Let him that is thirsteth come." And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Now the bride of Christ, or the Lamb's wife, is a term used in reference to a group of related verses in the Bible. Now in the Gospels, the Revelations, and the Episcopals, and related verses in the Old Testament, sometimes the bride is implied by calling Jesus a bridegroom. For over 1,500 years, the church was identified as a bride betrothed to Christ. We were engaged to Christ. We were sold to Christ. That's who the church really is. However, there are instances of the uh, interpretation of the uses varying from church to church. Most believe that it was always referred to the church. That's what they're saying, that the bridegroom is the bride is the church and Jesus is the bridegroom. Okay, uh, Ephesians 5, let's get that, 22 and 20 through 33, we're going to go through that in a different version, we're going to discuss all of it. Now, Paul, re, re, Paul compares the union of the husband and the wife to that of Christ and the church. Uh, in Ephesians 5 says, uh, I think it's 5 and 1. Uh, it's Ephesians 5 and 1 through 22, 21 says, it, it, I'm giving you a synopsis of it. I'm not giving you the whole thing. I'm just giving you what it says in that section. It, 5, 1 through 21 says, contains a rather strong warning against the foolishness and letting down one's guard against evil. Rather, the song, the song in their hearts because of God has done it all in Christ. We're supposed to be submissive to one another out of reverence and for uh, respect for one another. 
Now, 21 says that Christ implies that the bride is the body of believers that compromise the universal Christians. So, I'll repeat that again. In 5 and 21, Jesus said that the bride is the church. That's who we are, the church. And not necessarily do you have to be sitting in a church. As long as you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, He's and you receive the Spirit of God in your heart, you are the church. Remember what Jesus said to Peter? He told Peter he was a church and that he was going to be do mighty things for him. A lot of this, you all, I'm not going to keep delving in it because I want you all to start looking at the Word of God every day. Look at the Word of God. That's the only way you're going to make it through this. If you don't read His Word, you're going to be accepting all the vomit that's out there. You're going to accept all the false teachers that's out there uh, giving out all. I, you know. Uh, when we just sit and do nothing, we don't know what's happening all around us. Right now, in the, in in uh, if you go on your phone and you go on uh, Google, everything now is about Will Smith and that rock dude. You got so many preachers preaching about it and trying to get folks in their right mind to understand. No big deal. That's what the world does. When you're in Jesus, you don't go around slapping people, and that's what the main thing we're going to be talking about now. Uh, Ephesians 5, 33 says a major analogy is that of the body. Just as a husband and a wife are to be one, the analogy of this writer describes the relationship of Jesus Christ as the husband and we're exhorted to love the wives. See, it's, it's the church, the connection between Jesus, there's a connection between the Father, then the Son, and then the spirit, so it's the Trinity, the three, the three of three of them are together, and we are the church. Okay. Uh let's see. Let me see if I get to the main part of the lesson. Okay, as we're going to Matthew five. Now when the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. This is Matthew five where we at, y'all. And midnight they were aroused by a shout. Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. And all the bridemaids uh, got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because your lamp, because our lamps are going out. Listen to what the word of God is saying. Listen to and be able to apply it to yourself. Now, are you one of the foolish ones or the wise ones? Now, all of them were sitting there waiting for the bridegroom to come, but some of them didn't come with enough oil. They just came with a little bit. That, to me, that kind of represents the fact that we go to church every Sunday. And if somebody asks you to say a scripture, you're scared, you can't read it. And if they ask you a question, you don't know it. That's a foolish woman, a foolish person. This particular story is talking about women. The foolish women, women, it said all the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. How do you prepare a lamp? In the old days, that's all they had. They had those uh, oil lamps. I think it's a couple of, I have about three or four of them. And I sure don't know there's some sitting over there at 410. And in the lamp, they had like a wick. It was a, 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 a cotton wick that went down into the oil. And so what, what happens when the oil... Uh, when the wick got down into oil, the oils are soaked into the wick. And so all they had to do was put a little fire to it and it, start, it started a, a fire, a light. That's what it meant by them preparing their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, 
Give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Apply that to your life naturally. Apply it. We're going to discuss that, you all. Uh, verse 9, it said, but the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourself. <laughs> that, that, and that, isn't that what God tells us to do? We need to learn his word ourselves. Even though he uh, gives teachers, preachers, uh, administrators and bishops and all those different offices do. But the best we can receive is when we read the word of God ourselves. Because when we read it, we hear it and we're able to retain it. What we should be doing is doing what the word says. And if you're just reading it and not doing anything, he wants us to be doers and hear. Be a hearer and doer of his word. Uh, 10, let's see. Now, but while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. I've heard it so many years. You got to be ready. We do not know what day Jesus is coming back. You know, and I I look at that more so as our death. If we die this moment, I can ask you: If you die this moment, do you think you'll be able to go into heaven? Or are you gonna go to hell? When, when when there's no more breath in our body here and we belong to Jesus, we in the, in the have the same spirit as Jesus living on the inside of us. They said absent from the body is present with the Lord. We immediately go to the Lord. But when we don't, you all we go go down into Hades. Hell, whatever. It, it, nowhere have I found it into the by in the in the word of God where it says that when you die if you don't know Jesus, you go you go you still go to heaven. That that is not it, but some people teach that. Some some uh, denomination teach that. That's why it's very important for us to get the word ourselves. Know what the word says ourselves. Now, verse eleven said later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, "Listen, Lord, Lord, open the door for us." This is it. You know, the word also said that every knee shall bow. Can you can you see this, y'all? You got people that got one foot in, in in the church and one foot out. They're splitting. Oh, yeah, I know the word, but they don't do the word. They don't obey the word. So when Jesus come back, he's going to laugh at them and say, you know. Uh, but he said, he, what he's, verse 12, he said, he called back. Believe me, I don't know you. That's what Jesus said. He said, I don't know you. <coughs> you just got enough awe, enough uh, enough. Knowledge in your body in this day and time, you just got just enough to say I'm a Christian. But you, you if you if you kind of unplug you or look deeper, you don't see no oil in your lamp. You ain't got no oil in your vessel. And this this is where the lesson is right now. You can't play it when it comes down to the fact you dead, you gone, you you trying to get to heaven. If you ain't got no oil, you ain't going there. Jesus said again, but he called back. Believe me. I don't know you. I never want Jesus to say he don't know me. Even living this day. Never want him to say he don't he don't know you. Depart, I don't know you. When you in in, in the bottom split, you you're broken and you have all this stuff going on and you need you, you call Jesus. But there is a point where it says if you just call his name. Call his name, you all, and repent. Repent for all our wicked ways. Repent for the stuff we do. A lot of stuff we do is is just to uh, show others, just to show others that that we know who God is. But there's no fruit. 
Remember, if it's no fruit on a tree, it ain't nothing you could do. Jesus told, told uh, uh, he cursed the tree. Remember, he cursed that uh, fig tree when he was going by. And it was time for fig for a time for some produce, some pro, something to be on the fig tree growing except beautiful leaves. We are some of us some of beautiful Christians ever, but we ain't got a, a, a what is it? We ain't got a match to strike. I'll say it that way. Make it easier. Okay, verse 13 says, So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or hour of my return. This is what Jesus said. He don't know. We don't know. There's no way. So my question to you is, do you have your lamp filled with oil? That's a, that's a note that you could drop down. And on the lesson plan, I, I, I dropped the part where people could go ahead and, and read this now. He said, do you have your lamp filled with oil? And that's something you could personally ask yourself. Do you have your lamp filled with oil? Do you? Do you have any, lamp, have any oil in your lamp? All right. We're going to go to Ephesians 5 now, you all. Uh, Ephesians 5 and 1 says follow God's example therefore as dearly loved children we are children of God and he's going in Ephesians it gives us a, uh, a, a, a vision as how we're supposed to live to make sure we got all in our lamp you, got, you, you all understanding why I'm going this way and now 2 says and walk in the way of love that's the first thing God wants us to do is to walk in the way of love just as Christ loves us gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and the sacrifice of God but among you there must not even a hint of sexual immorality immorality that's one thing no sexual immorality that means that depletes your all you can't have all you, you don't have an all or any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people bottom line if you got any this stuff in it you ain't got no oil. If you got any of that stuff, this is the Bible. I'm not talking what verse says. This is what the Bible says. That's why I need for you all to look at. So when you read the word, you can't get away with it. Says, I never heard that. But when you read, you're hearing it now. God said right there, but among, among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. And I don't want to go in and try to... Uh, this, uh, you know, explain all what sexual morality is. Living with shacking with somebody, bottom line, that's the main one what kills the saints in the church. And most preachers don't say nothing about it, just allow it to go on. But this is what Jesus said. This is what Jesus said, and you know it now for yourself. And this is how he said, even though the preacher said, it's okay, don't bother me. No, it don't bother him, but it bothers God. That means you, he said, on oh, any kind of impurity or greed. Because these are improper for God's holy people. He said, God's holy people. For verse 4 said, nor should, nor should there be uh, obscurity, obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which of out of place, but rather thanksgiving. Sometimes we tell those stupid, stupid jokes. Stupid jokes. He said, we shouldn't be doing stuff like that. You, you, you don't have no oil if you're doing this. Bottom line, you're not saved. That's what you don't have God's salvation. Now, even though we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, once we do that, His Spirit 
lives within us. We receive his spirit. That's what we receive. But the spirit can be grieved when you foolish talking. You always got some crazy joke going on, uh, 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 you, which is, you know, out of place. But rather thanksgiving. All right. Verse, verse five. Uh, for of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, a greedy person. Such a person is an idolater. Has any inheritance in the kingdom of God? I'm going to read it again. Verse 5 says, For of this you can be sure. You can be sure about this. This is what Jesus said. This is one thing you can be sure. This is one thing you can take to the bank. How we say it. You can take this to the bank. No immoral, impure, or greedy person. Such a person is an idolater. If you're immoral, you're an idolater. That means you, you worship idols. Many of us can worship ourselves because we think we're greater than. But we ain't got nothing. We ain't got no oil. You don't see no oil. You can easily see oil in the, in the lamp. Those lamps that we had were glass lamps, and at the bottom you can see the oil in there. But the thing about it, you are with with God. With if we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior in our heart, and we ha- we know we have the Spirit of God living within us, He will give us a discernment. That is one of our gifts. He give us to know what's right, what's wrong. You you can see a duck when it looks like a duck. You can see those Christians that, that don't have no flame, no power, no oil. You can see that. We don't be stupid. If you allow yourself to be stupid, you're not of God. You're not in God. You're an idolater. He gives us a choice. The choice is to choose right or wrong. And many of us choose wrong thinking it's right. But it's not. He said, let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are obedient. I'll read it again. Somehow I'm reading it again because I wanted to kind of soak in. If you're not seeing it on paper, I wanted to soak into. He said, "Let in verse six. He said, "Let no one deceive you with empty words. Don't let them people play you like you're stupid. Don't let people play you like you're stupid. I, I, that's the only way I can see it. I, I'm, I don't let nobody play me, honey, because I'm bold. I know who God is." And even when I was a teenager, I didn't let nobody uh, play me when I was stupid. My mom and daddy didn't teach me that way. They just, well, I ain't going to bother then I'm going to leave it alone. Oh, well, God said, go ahead, leave it alone. Go play. you playing, that means you're on their side and not his side. He said, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. When you're disobedient, God's wrath is come, will come on you. Verse 7, therefore, do not be partners with, don't even be partners with them. And you all know what the word partners mean. Don't don't even eat with him. There's one part in the Bible that said don't even eat with them. And we go eat and I'll have a good old time with them. But we're disobedient. When we're disobedient to God, we don't have no oil. Jesus come back, boom, that second. You ain't going home with Jesus. You're going to hell. Verse 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. Once you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're no longer in the dark. You're no longer in the dark. You don't do that old stuff anymore. But if you just have mouth service and not have heart service, that, that means you don't have an oil. You're disobedient. If you pretend, God knows our hearts. 
When he say that word, he knows our heart. He really know what you're thinking, know what you're doing. He knows all of that stuff already. So you can't play God. Maybe you can play some people that don't that lives in darkness, but you can't play the one that lives in light. Nor can you play God. Verse nine says, "For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth." And find out what pleases God. What pleases the Lord. Verse 10. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness. But rather expose them. That's what the word said. We don't tolerate it. We expose them. We, we say it to them. It's, well, let me stop right here for a moment. Those people that we know have not received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. You're not supposed to try to shame them out. This is a, for, for a person that's sitting right next to you, uh, sitting in a pew, and they say, oh, I know all that stuff. But you know what? And you know, and the Spirit of God is giving you the discernment, they're lying. We have the right to correct them. Say something. It is shameful even, even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. We don't even need to talk about it. It ain't worth our time. It's not worth my time to talk about what they're doing. We, we all have a dinner, and all we can talk about is the disobedient. Uh, what somebody else is doing. It ain't worth our time. It said, but in everything exposed by light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminate, illuminated becomes a light. It's going on and said, this is, this is it, I said. Wake up, sleepers. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Uh, my mother, one thing my mother used to say, what's done in the dark will come to the light. And this is exactly what that word is. <laughs> What's done in the dark, it will come to the light. We, we got our plans. Sometimes we're trying to figure out how to do this. Let me plan. Let me do this. Look, we're trying to sneak around the right thing to do and do it our way. Yeah. Eventually, down the road, it's all going to come to the light. All is going to come out. Yeah. You screwed up. Uh, verse 15 says, be, be very careful. Then how you live. Not as an unwise, but as wise. We have to be very careful how we live. Let our yes be yes, our no be no. We have to be careful, you all, if we want to have love all. If we want to go back with Jesus. We don't know what day, what what day is going to start. Well, hold on a minute. Hey, what's happening? I'm not doing anything to her. Come here, kitty. No, he keeps asking me questions. What, what was all that noise? I'm on the phone. He keeps asking me questions or I'm just trying to do something by myself. I am. Uh, keep being. I'm on the Bible. Do you tell your, your daddy on y'all? Be quiet. Don't say nothing to Ben. What are you talking to me? Ben, come here. Hello. Ben. Hello. Okay. No, hold on, hold on. I was just talking to the grandkids. Uh, go back to 15. Be very careful. Then how you live, not as an unwise, but as a wise person. 16. Make the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. That's what we need to learn, you all. He says in, in 18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And wine is a spirit, but you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not that spirit from the wine, you, from the grapes that you sit uh, a few months and let it uh, ferment. 
Now, when Jesus took the wine that was not fermented wine, you all, there is a difference. Verse 19 is speaking one another with songs, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. That is how we worship Him. The word debauchery means uh, it's an extreme indulgence in your body pleasures, especially sexual pleasures, behaving involving sex, drugs, alcohol, that is all considered immoral. And like I said, in some theology places, they say this is not uh, immoral because it's a new day. But I'd rather believe what Jesus said if I want to be able to go back home with it. I, I'm sorry. All that stuff, it sounds good. If you got an itch in the ear, it sounds real good to you. But that's not what God says. So you have to make a choice. Do you want to have oil or you just want to believe what man says? Go on to verse 20. Let's see. Uh, I don't want to go. I'm, I'm, okay, we're just going to keep this. Cause you're, if y'all have a question or a comment anytime, just jump in. I don't have a problem with that. Um, let me make sure I got, go back. Oh, I gave you the meaning of debauchery. Uh, verse, uh, now we're going to talk about it a little bit for uh, instruction for Christian household. I'm not going to deal in that very much. You can read all of that, but I might run through it really fast. But uh, it talks about the wives submitting to their husbands. I'm not going to get into that because it's a whole long teaching. The husband is in charge of the household. Some some places said no, no. It's uh, you got equal. Just the uh, we really supposed to work alongside of our husbands. Depending on what type of relationship you all have, there are some women that don't do anything. They don't know anything. They don't want to do anything. And so yeah, the husband's in charge. Why, why give somebody that's lazy? Don't want to get out of bed and cook no food or clean no house. Why give them the charge? Your whole house will be all screwed up. Verse 23 says uh, that for the husband is the head of the wife. And as Christ as, uh, let me read it right. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. His body of which he is the savior. And we're supposed to submit to Christ. That's what we're supposed to submit to Christ. Uh, I want to go down. I'm going to pass all this on purpose. Because uh, most of you all online are, are not married. So I'm not going to stick there with that. And out of respect to Elder J and any other man that's on the line. I thank you all. I really do appreciate it. appreciate you. Uh, can say, let's see. Mom, can I say something? Uh-huh. Mom, can I say something? Yes, uh, yes. I was just going to say that it's, it's a lifestyle that the man that leaves the house leaves. Right. To live. So his
Uh, did somebody? Uh, does anyone know what they, why they threw down the palm? What well, today we always take a little piece of palm and and pin on on the people in church. You know, this is one of the customs in the church uh, to give you a piece of palm. And as Jesus was riding into town, uh, they really thought Jesus was just trying to take over the, the earthly kingdom, become the new king. That's what they really thought. Hold on a minute. <coughs> That's what they really thought. Our tradition today is take a little piece of palm and pin, pin it on you, representing the fact that when he rolled into town, the people started praising him and throwing down palm leaves. That's what the whole the whole thing is all the way about. He he I just throw down palm they threw down palm leaves. Uh so after he rolled in, you know, he went through the thing of of the Last Supper, uh on uh this Friday coming up will be the, the day he had the Last Supper, remember you all? And then he went yeah, out yeah. went went out into after the Last Supper he went out and he prayed. And during that time was praying, he only he asked them, "Can you pr- stay up and pray with me an hour?" And that's some of the things we could ask ourselves: Can you pray an hour and you with your own self? And not not to say these overnight prayer meetings that a lot of churches have. Are you even able to sit in your own home, the privacy of your own home, and pray an hour? That's what Jesus said. He kept on coming back to him. Can you at least pray with me an hour? And then after after all of that, that's when the soldiers came in and and to capture him. And Jesus told him, "I bet you we've been with you all this time. Why you bother me now?" They had old Judas. You know, old Judas is the one that gave him the kiss to identify who he was. Are, are, are you like that? Are you 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 can talk about Jesus, but put a push come to shove. Some somebody on your job say you ain't supposed to be talking about no Jesus, even on your break. Oh, what you say? Oh no, no, master, I ain't gonna say nothing. But honey, on your break, that's your free time. Even though this, if some companies they pay you on your break. I talk about what I want to, but out of respect, I know what to say and what to not. I'm not going to be trying to get nobody to come to God on nobody else's premises. You have so much other free time outside, in the parking lot, anyway. But the best light you have is let your light so shine. That's what we say. We're supposed to let our light so shine that we look different. We don't look like we in the darkness. Our clothing sometimes can make us look dark. Yeah. Alright uh, I, I want to go back over this little part here it said, We have to be careful How you have to be very careful How you live Not as unwise But wise In all our things we do you all Even in our business uh, Our personal business We can, we got to have some wisdom We got to have some wisdom Alright Making the most of every opportunity because these days are short. We don't know that these are evil days, and we keep saying it over, over, over. These are evil days, and then within these evil days, if we say we have the Spirit of God living in us, we ain't stupid. We should not be stupid. We should not make, be making uh, crazy decisions. Uh, I'll say foolish decision. We should be wise. If you don't know, you pray and ask God to give you the right scripture to read, to read and and uh, get that down into the spirit so you will get an understanding as to what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to live this life. Now, I, I want to open it up. Now, you all, please do me a favor. Please speak up. I want to open this up. 
to allow ourselves to uh, give us an idea. I, I, I want us to feel free. If you don't feel free, you can text me right now. You can text me direct. You don't have to say anything. Just text me if you've got a comment. But do not text me on the main line. I sent out my numbers 480-232-4215. Nobody else can see this text for me if you have a question or a concern that I can address it without using your name. And this, I see this is the only way because God tells me that the older women are supposed to teach the younger ones. And there is even there's the, is it, I think it's I think it's Timothy, Titus no Titus three, and that's the, that's what the Bible instructs. And I'm gonna be obedient. I've been obedient all this time. I'm gonna be obedient because I walked some roads that you all haven't walked yet. Sometimes uh, some of some things I may I will never walk. But I do have wisdom enough to hide to show you the light where the end of the tunnel is. But as we go through this lifetime, if we don't hold onto Jesus' hand in all this dark and dangerous word world, if we don't hold onto His hand, we will make it, make it, never make it out, never make it out. And I, I would suggest to you all read my book, Crabs in the Basket, to teach you how to give, get out. And I, I talk about it so much because that's a God-given book to teach our people how to get out of these, these dark holes, these baskets we're living in. We're, we're not prospering. We're not doing it. All we're doing is talking. And nothing is showing up. And it can be frustrating uh, to other people around you yeah. when you can talk the word, but you don't do the word. A lot of us can talk. We ain't got no game, though. A good fly, heaven do the fly, come out and try to bite you. you all you're going to do is run. I'll say it again. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I ever run. Uh, it, it's normal, you all. We, we could talk the word real good. I know where that scripture is. But when you put it in the situation, you're just going to sit there and shut like, like a stump on a log. You ain't going to do nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. But when the Spirit of God is living in you and you don't take time to read, uh, study the words uh, to be able to move forward and not stay in in the land of nod. There's a such thing as a land of nod, and I see it so heavy duty. It's sad where our people. I'll, I'll just say it, I'm gonna preach for a minute. <coughs> I grew up in a community, third generation from slavery. And if you don't believe slavery never existed like they're teaching now, go back and read the word. Go back and read the word. Better yet, you can read uh, read in the first part of the Bible. The Israelites went into slavery for over 400 years. And not a doggone business. That's my daddy's word. The same thing happened to us as a culture. We were in slavery over 400 years. And then afterwards, I, I, the generation, there's several of us online now that we live through that segregated, that Jim Crow generation. And so the younger people don't, never lived through it and we never taught them so they don't know. That's why they're so arrogant and broken. That's why they're trying to reach for stuff. Yeah. They don't know how to reach for it because they don't know. When when uh, you want something, you got to work. We have always had to work. We've always had gifts and things, talents and stuff that was God-given. But this generation, they think they just, just, just pull it out of the sky and that's it. They have no respect for themselves. They have no respect for the uh, adults. Come on, y'all. Let's Let me hear some comments. We got about, 50, about 10 minutes and then we're going to pray in the... 
uh, for today? Um, well, I just wanted to say we were on a different channel, so that's why we were a little late. Okay. But we've been listening since, you know, we after. Good. Um, I just wanted to focus on the uh, 10, the, uh, ten that the bridesmaids. Good. And that's just one of my passages that I'm very passionate about. It's about preparation in life. When we come into this world and we get wisdom from the ancestors and the elders and mm-hmm. passed down through generations, every generation is supposed to do better. Amen. We're supposed to do better because they paid the price for us to get to where we're at today. And one of the things about I love about that story is that it's showing those who were prepared and those who were not prepared. And when we're young, we don't think about a whole like Spirit says. We don't think we get into foolish stuff, a lot of temptation out there, and we do not plan for the future. When the future hits you like a drop of an eye, and we sit there, and we wonder what we're going to do now. Amen. Because we didn't prepare like the oil. And when the knock came on the door, the bills hit us, all the little things that happened in families because somebody else didn't save up, we have to go into our pot to help them out and Uh things like that because they didn't prepare, things like that. And this is what it is. It's about preparation. Amen. So you don't have to say, you know, I admire Abraham, but Abraham wanted that cave for Sarah to bury his wife. He asked how much. They said, no, you give it to us because you don't help our community. God's been good to us because your people have been here. He says, no, I want to know how much it is for that cave because when I leave there, I don't want you to say what you did for me. All right. That's, that's yeah. That hey. captures the whole thing. That and I thank you very much for that. And uh, the, the sadness of it, we see people uh, just playing. We look at last year, all year long, Biden was able to give out that three hundred dollars, and in some cases, two fifty to all the single women, or married single homeowner women that have uh, children, and gave that money out. Some, yeah, you weren't using. Uh, you didn't have a job, but what I saw was waste. We waste. They were like the the five foolish women. They wasted what they had instead of taking it and putting yeah. it up, saving it, and buy a little prepare, store up store up something so that you have something. Because we didn't know whether or not the time was going to get worse. Worse, but uh, it's it's still waste, and even now is waste. It's foolishness. That's what they are, foolishness. They're they're in darkness. Yeah. And they're not in the light of the Lord. Yeah. They're, not, they're not the children of the light. And so we just can't close our eyes and go with the flow with it. Because now we're seeing some of the results of, of some of the bad things that has happened in our lives. We don't take time to uh, understand or try the word of God. Did anyone else have a comment? Come on, y'all. Speak up, please. Just, uh, just, Brother Johnson, I, I just got I, I got in a little bit late, but I didn't know if you had talked about it already about how the fact that um, that the, uh, the everyone uh, the bridesmaids that came to the to the wedding feast they all had um, they all had the torch they all had the lamps they all had the torches and they, um, but they didn't have enough oil and right when when it was asked if you could share the oil they couldn't share their oil with the other ones and that's. One of the things that always stuck out to me, you can't give your oil to somebody else. Amen. Because um, God is the supplier of oil. 
God is the one that's going to give you that oil. You can't share it with other people. And then the, the three things that stuck out to me is, um, is one of the saddest things is that you can't, um, they said that our lamps had gone out. It means that they did have a little bit of oil and they did have, <laughs> the light was shining a little bit. So that, that uh-huh. kind of stuck out to me. I always kind of wondered about that. You know, you, you can't share your oil, but you have to keep your own oil going. You have to ask God to keep replenishing that oil so that you can, you can keep that fire. And then, um, I think in Timothy it says that, you know, it says to, it says to, uh, um, it says that we need to keep our own we have to encourage ourselves. We have to keep our own, you know, we have to keep that fire within us, you know, burning ourselves, you know. Yes, right. We have to keep encouraging ourselves so that we can, uh, you know, continue to, you know, to look <laughs> look to God and look for that, that extra help that we're looking for. And then the, the third thing is um, um, when the door was shut, you know, Jesus said, I do not know you. And that's, that's the, it, um, it, I was, I always, when I think about this, I always think about that song. I don't know if everyone knows it. It's a song by the Winans. It's called Tomorrow. Uh huh. Um, and he, yeah. And I, I, and I had to look up the, I had to look up the words to it. And it says, um, it says, Jesus, here I stand. Won't you please let me in? And, um, and you said, I will tomorrow. Jesus said, can, I can, I am he who supplies all your needs. And you said, I don't, I don't know, but maybe tomorrow, um, that's I'll a, give my life tomorrow. I don't know about today, but it's so easier. Tomorrow. It's so much easier for me to say tomorrow. Uh, who promised you tomorrow? But uh, but he says, but you better choose the Lord today. That's right. And I always think about that song. You know, you you don't. Everybody thinks that they're going to have time to to get things right or to to get the business in order tomorrow. <laughs> so Tomorrow's you know, not promised. You don't promise. know what tomorrow's going to bring. Right. You don't know what circumstances are going to happen. That's right. You need to get that oil now, so yeah. you can't borrow it. <laughs> and when the bridegroom comes and the trump that trumpet sounds, you, and if you're not ready, it's, you know it's, it's you know you, you're just going to be outside. Yeah, nothing you can do about it. So thank you. Those, that's my two cents, Ma. All right, thank you very much. That that was right to the point, you all. And that is one thing. Hopefully, when you go away tonight, and you can really like put it in your child and chew on it. Think about that. Are you ready today? If if you drop dead this after we go off this line, are you ready? If you go into a catastrophe, are you ready? Once we click off, click and say, y'all have a good day. Are you ready? We have to be ready all at all times. We got to have some oil in our lamp at all times. We can't be foolish, you all. And I I, I love that. I love this part here. The Lord just gave me this to me. It was really wonderful that He asked me to talk about this here and see. Um, even though the bridegroom may delay, he may he may not come tomorrow. Might come next week. We don't know, but we just got to make sure that we're ready when he comes. And like we said earlier, I never want God to say to me, "Depart." I know you're not, because we have a choice. He gives us a choice. Are you going to live in the worldly way, scheming and cleaning and trying to do stuff to get by? Are you want to live God's way, the holy way, with wisdom and directions from His from the Spirit of God? And He will direct us, you all. I just pray that you all take this lesson today and apply it to your life. Uh, and remember this verse twelve. It says, "But Matthew uh, verse twelve, he said, Jesus said, but but he called back. Believe me, I don't know you. You never want God to say, I don't know you.'" 
We we don't know what day we're going to need them. We always will want to be in a position so that well, it doesn't take much, you all, before you even get yourself out of the bed. Most of the time, you just don't jump up and run. Most of the time, we lay there and kind of stretch and move and think about what we're going to do to the day. But t- t- take some time. Thank God for even waking you up this morning. He didn't have to. He controls. He He does control uh, going to sleep and waking up, you all. If you don't believe that, believe whoever else is doing it. But God is what He's doing. So we got to thank Him for that. I just, I, I don't know. For me, I thank Him every day for me being able to walk uh, the little walk I can do. Two years ago, around this time, uh, I remember where I was. I think I was in the first rehab center. Yeah, in April. Uh, two years ago, I was in the first rehab center, and in that rehab center, they got me up to walk, and uh, I, I didn't do much. Couldn't do very much. If uh, 15 minutes all the day of exercise, I would do. I would get in the wheelchair. They push me down to the uh, uh, to the rec room, and I, they would help me get on the bike. And my left side, I couldn't, so they had to strap my left side onto the bike, <laughs> strap my left foot onto the pedal. And scrap my left arm onto the uh, the handlebars, and on on the right side I could freely move that, but the left side I was just like a little dummy, you know, you know, no no disrespect to myself, but it was just tied. They had to tie me onto it so that I could. So when the machine, when I moved the machine from the from the right side, it was go, it would go, and that was a way of them exercising me and waking my waking me waking my body back up. But I couldn't do any of it without God. Mentally, I had to know it was only God that was going to keep me alive. Because there have been so many people that even just had one stroke and they didn't make it. One. I had three, and only by the grace of God am I living. So he said, teach the women, teach them, teach women and men, just remind us, remind us that how how we're going to live, are we going to live the world's way, are we going to continue to pretend that we know God, and when we pretend, we can look at your lifestyle, we look at your tree you're producing, you got beautiful leaves, but you ain't got no fruit, You and say it another way, you ain't got no, you got a beautiful lamp, a lamp's real clean. Shiny, it's a glass lamp, and we look down there, we don't see no oil in the lamp. That's one thing about it. Those old fashioned lamps, you could tell if it had oil right away because of glass lamps that you could see through. See in, don't let our light, our life be so dark that the uh, wick is all dried up. When we look at each other, we, we, our face is all dried up. We have no faith, no belief. The only thing we have is what somebody else has tell us. We're going to end this. I, I really do appreciate you all today for uh, doing the Bible study.